Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here as always by Drew Silva. What's up, Drew? Hey man, how's it going? Um, Pretty good. We're, we're recording the podcast uh, a day earlier this week on, on Wednesday because I'm, I'm going to New Orleans tomorrow. Pretty excited about that. I've Excellent. never been there. Yeah. Same. I've never been either actually, but that's been on the, the wish list for a while. I've heard it's the kind of city you you you. <laughs> You don't want to spend a ton of time in. I mean, mm. people that live there would probably beg to differ, but just from people that I know that have gone down there for weekends, it's like very debaucherous. Uh, it's, it's like Vegas, I'm sure. Just by yeah. by by Saturday afternoon, you're like, all right, let's get out of here. Right. Awesome food too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that should be awesome, man. Um, so hopefully, it's a nice surprise to get this uh, podcast a day early for you guys. We usually record on Thursdays, so we're recording this Wednesday. Uh, late afternoon, uh, so we're right smack dab in the middle of the week, and I, I guess we can't ignore the big news at the top here, and that's Robinson Cano's 80-game suspension uh, for violating baseball's joint drug agreement. Uh, Cano tested positive for, I'm going to try to say it here and hopefully not mess it up, uh, ferrosamide? Ferrosamide. It's Pretty a, good. Yeah. It's a, it's a diuretic. Uh, it's better known as, as Lasix. Um, and it's something that's often used to mask a performance-enhancing drug. Um, for his part, Cano said in a statement that the substance was given to him by a licensed doctor in the Dominican Republic to treat a medical ail- ailment, and he didn't realize the substance was banned. Um Mark Feinsand of MLB.com heard from a source that Cano took it uh, during the offseason to deal with an episode of high blood pressure. Still, uh, TJ Quinn, who does a lot of the you know the PED stuff, that's his beat. Uh, he wrote on Twitter on Tuesday that a player isn't automatically suspended for using this substance, but rather if MLB was able to prove that he was using it to mask a drug. So you can believe what you want to believe there. Um, Obviously, stunning news. Anytime we see a big name player uh, suspended for something linked to, to PEDs, and of course, Cano was already expected to miss a bunch of time. Um, he was hit in the right hand by a pitch on Sunday, suffered a fracture in his hand. He had surgery Wednesday, um, but he'll be able to serve that suspension uh, concurrently with his DL stint. So. Uh, he'll be eligible to return in mid-August, but he wouldn't be eligible to play if the Mariners make the postseason. And by the way, the Mariners are playing pretty good baseball. Um, they went into play Wednesday very much in the mix in, in, mix in the AL West. They're 24-17, and 17, uh, one and a half games out. Uh, and this is a franchise that has a 16-year playoff drought, so just bitterly disappointing news there. Um, 
there's obviously a ton of layers to this story, which we'll get to, but, you know, let's just say we take Cano at his word with his ex- explanation here. Um, he was reckless, to say the very least, uh, and maybe just stupid, uh, to use something without investigating. Uh, so to me, it just makes it all really hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, I guess this appeal process started before the season, so maybe the test came, like, early spring training. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, Major League Baseball investigators, I think, heard all sides of it and decided to go ahead and suspend him. He's a high-profile player. I mean, this is one of of the more high-profile PED suspensions we've had in Major League Baseball, Mm -hmm. given where Cano is is in his career, you know, considered a future Hall of Famer. Um, still with five years and $120 million remaining on his contract. I think it's up there with, with Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez. Brian Braun. Ryan Braun, yeah. And in terms of name recognition, Starling Marte was a big one. Uh, that was last Gordon in 2016. And he's relevant to the Cano discussion because it sounds like he'll be moving in from center field back to second base right? Um, to plug the gap for the Mariners. Gordon has rated a little below average in center so far um, was a really good defensive second baseman with the Marlins uh, that would open more playing time in center for Guillermo Heredia who, who hit a walk-off RBI single on Tuesday night against the Rangers has an 817 OPS and 58 bats this year probably not a fantasy guy because he doesn't have difference making speed or power but just to make note of that um, yeah the, the fantasy fallout here is probably really all about Cano and, and like you said there's kind of a small silver lining in it that he was placed on the disabled list Monday with that fractured hand um, about 24 hours before the suspension was announced so you can stash him on your DL in, in most standard fantasy leagues while he serves this suspension uh, but for me in, in my leagues that's probably not something I would do because of the way MLB teams use the 10-day DL so frequently usually only have 2DL spots on like a, a standard uh, service uh, and those spots are pretty valuable because teams just kind of interchange pitchers a lot and um, you know Cano isn't going to be back until sometime in August so I, I would probably just drop him in a like a single season redraft league Agreed. as for repl- yeah I mean as, as for replacements at second base I was trying to come up with some um, you know guys owned in less than 20% of Yahoo Howie Kendrick um, who should continue to play a lot while well, Daniel Murphy still works back from knee surgery. Um, Daniel Robert, Robertson of the Rays, we've talked about him before. Um, he's he's put up nice numbers and has continued to do it and kind of plays all around the infield, but it's like an everyday utility role for Tampa Bay. Daniel Descalzo is actually putting up some nice numbers with the Diamondbacks right now. Good spot um, in the D-backs order too. Yep. Oddly enough, but, you know, producing, I, I don't think any of those guys are really great long-term options. Um, maybe you, you hope Nick Senzel, uh, the Reds' big second base prospect, gets over his most recent case of vertigo symptoms and, and starts forcing the issue for a call-up. Senzel uh, reported to the Reds' spring training complex on Wednesday afternoon to start working out. It sounds like he'll be back in the lineup at AAA Louisville sometime next week. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, Cano owners. He was off to a pretty good start um, from a, a rate stat standpoint. Not a ton of power, but um, 
yeah, I don't know. You're gonna have to scramble if if he was your your only second baseman. Well, two guys who are on minor league rehab assignments right now. I'll probably put them in waiver wired on on Thursday. So early sneak preview here. Dustin Pedroia, uh, he's owned in 19 percent of Yahoo leagues. Uh, he should be back later this month if all goes according to plan. Coming off a pretty serious knee surgery, so. Uh, you know, I wonder about the counting stat upside, but he's in a good lineup in the situation. So uh, maybe take a chance on him. Josh Harrison, uh, also in a rehab stint. He's owned in 24% of Yahoo leagues. These are guys um, that are available in, in even deeper mixed leagues right now um, and have been productive in the past. I might be more optimistic about Josh Harrison being useful because he can give you some steals. Um, but you know, those are respectable options. I think Descalso is more interesting than I ever thought he would be, uh, in that situation there, the hard hit rate is up this year. So he's doing some interesting things and Descalso is eligible really all over the place infield and outfield. So he could be a useful plug and play guy in the short term, maybe while you're trying to swing a trade or who knows, but, uh, there are some options out there, but, Obviously disappointing to lose Cano, both from a fantasy perspective uh, and a real-life perspective for, for Mariners fans. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, don't really, I don't really have anything more to say about it. I, I don't want to say that I don't believe Cano um, and his excuse, but it's, it just seems like not many players own up to it when it happens and I guess I don't blame him uh, considering the the profile he has as an athlete. Yeah, I don't blame him. I think it's a little too convenient that he wouldn't do the background research or wouldn't have the people around him. I feel like it would be a given that you would cross check to make sure like what I'm taking. Maybe I need, uh, you know, the therapeutic use exemption to use it. Like, I feel like all these things should be a no brainer for an athlete, you know, of his caliber and his experience in the league too. So it all seems a little curious to me. Um, this, this will cost him eleven or almost twelve million dollars, right? Probably some Hall of Fame consideration, but he's not going to be on the ballot till like almost two thousand thirty if he plays out the rest of his contract. So maybe maybe hearts and minds will have changed on the whole PED topic by then. Yeah, I think the block of voters um, who will be voting at that time. I mean, who knows what happens with the Hall of Fame votes? You know, ten. 15 years from now, but, uh, I think it'll be a, a bit more progressive bunch, uh, who won't be so hard line about PED use. Cause between now and then we're going to see, I mean, there's probably already PED users in, uh, but there's going to be known PED users eventually getting into. And I think that'll open the floodgates a bit too. So I don't think it's as, as much of a doomsday scenario as some, you know, columnists have made it seem, uh, just going around the internet today, but uh, it's to be expected, I guess. Um, well, we'll get to some more headlines here in a second, but if you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys on Draft. You play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's really a draft for everyone. We all know the typical snake draft format. The cream of the crop at the top, your Mike Trouts, Jose Altuve's, Max Scherzer's, guys like that. You're going to have stacked rosters here and players you can feel good about using on a nightly basis, but 
The fun part is using those big names strategically. I mean, I find myself wanting to stack a couple of hitters from the same team against a weak starting pitcher. Maybe you want to get a piece of a matchup in Coors Field or Yankee Stadium. Any number of factors could could really change your lineup as opposed to what the players you'd normally take in a year-long snake draft. So a lot plays into your decision-making and makes for some interesting lineups on a daily basis. Join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all Roto-World listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code RW. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using promo code RW when you make your first deposit. That's RW for Roto-World. Search Draft in your app store today to check it out for yourself. Um, let's get into some major injuries. Uh, the biggest one is Diamondback center field, fielder AJ Pollock, um, who suffered an avulsion fracture in his left thumb Monday while diving for a ball in the outfield. It was announced Tuesday that he's expected to miss at least one month, possibly two. This is just more awful injury news for a guy who was looking healthy and, and playing like MVP caliber baseball. Um, after a couple injury plague seasons in 2016 and 2017, he had a 969 OPS, 11 home runs, 33 RBIs, and nine stolen bases through 40 games this season due to become a free agent after the World Series uh, in November. So there's that element, too. Pollock was looking like a really good draft day bargain um, through the first seven weeks of the season. His average draft position on Yahoo was 71st overall, um, but he did carry that fragile label um and even though this was a a freak injury it's obviously a killer one uh this will open up more playing time to to jared dyson uh just from a fantasy angle maybe something to to feel encouraged about if he's available on your waiver wire currently owned uh, in just two percent of yahoo leagues Um, dyson was started the year in a kind of almost everyday role more of a platoon role was relegated to a pinch-running, late-inning, defensive replacement-type job when Steven Souza was activated off the disabled list on May 3rd. Um, But it's probably going to be the the Diamondbacks' regular center fielder. Chris Owings will get some time there, but I think we're going to see a lot of Dyson, especially against right-handed pitchers. He's a flawed player, um, batting just 184 this season, struggles big-time against left-handed pitching. But he is among the fastest players in the majors, even at age 33 has put up big stolen base numbers uh, whenever he's put into an everyday role, has five steals in 31 games, 21 of those being starts uh, this season, 209 career steals in 692 career major league games, 491 of those have been starts. Um, So if if you need speed, uh, like I said, he's owned in just 2% of Yahoo leagues right now and he, he might kill you a little bit in batting average, um, but if, if, you, if you're like in a daily lineup league and you just start him against right-handed pitching, I, I think you'll feel pretty good with the production. Yeah, I was able to scoop Dyson uh, off waivers in the Yahoo Friends and Family League as soon as Pollock went down because I figured there'd probably be an uptick in playing time there, and uh, I need some speed, so... You know, you do have to balance your lineup a little bit, and and fortunately, that's a daily league, so you can switch things up depending on on matchups and things like that. But um, definitely some utility there, especially uh, you know, steals are hard to find this year, so um, he's certainly a useful guy to have around. Um, 
going back to Pollock, I, I faded Pollock in, in drafts this year. I wasn't super aggressive on him, and uh, I felt really silly with that earlier this year. But I was worried about the injury history, and I, I think you know the injury-prone tag might be unfair with him. A couple of his injuries were just sort of freak injuries. Um, but they do seem to, to keep happening. And I, I, you know, I wonder how that will impact his free agency, obviously a really talented player. Um, but I think teams will think about that before they invest big money into him, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, he was probably right up there, like behind Harper Machado and, and Clayton Kershaw. Like I, I would probably rank him fourth because I mean, Josh Donaldson would probably be fifth because of the age. Yeah. Um, I guess Craig Kimbrell is going to get a ton of money. Uh, he's going to be one of the new $80 million closer. Probably. Um, I guess Patrick Corbin, if he keeps it up, will get a ton of money uh, kind of has age on his side, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, it, of course it depends on whether he misses a month or two months and, and how he hits when he comes back, but was ranked seventh on the wins above replacement leaderboard, uh, still ranked seventh on the wins above replacement leaderboard at fan right now. Um, behind, you know, Trout, Mookie Betts, Machado, and uh, a couple other guys. Yeah, this is three years in a row, I think, with in- major injuries. Sir Pollock had that fractured elbow. Uh, he had gr- another, he had a groin injury uh, that same year, later that year when he came back. And I had a groin issue last year, too. Um, now dealing with this. So, man, that's a shame because he's a really good player. Um, so that's a bummer for sure. Um I guess it shouldn't be a shock at this point. Adrian Beltre also back on the DL. Uh, more issues with his left hamstring. Has a grade one strain. So the expectation is that he'll miss about two to three weeks. But second DL stint this season. His fourth dating back to last year. Uh, Beltre turned 39 years old last month. And uh, obviously needs to see more time out of the DH spot in his career. Maybe needs some more you know, strategic days off here and there as well. Uh, it sounds like, you know, more DH time is part of the plan when he comes back. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa will see most of the playing time at third base for now. Um, but I think the interesting thing to watch here from a fantasy perspective is Willie Calhoun still in the minors. Um, you know, especially if Joey Gallo starts seeing more time at first base, it's not like Ronald Guzman, Guzman has been anything special so far. Uh, Gallo also an option for third base, but the Rangers have resisted using him so far this year there um starting to feel better about Calhoun's odds of making an impact at some point relatively soon he had a pretty rough April but uh he's been hitting better this month not necessarily for power but uh making a lot more contact than he did in April uh obviously a top prospect really heralded prospect coming into the year came over to the Rangers last year in the U Darvish deal um so if you want to stash somebody uh, in a deeper mix league, you might have to wait maybe a week or two. But uh, if he if he continues to swing the bat well, I think Cal, Calhoun's time will uh, come soon enough. Yeah, Kiner Falefa has shown a little bit of pop and speed and um, had a decent year at AA Frisco last year, but probably not the kind of guy that is going to make a significant mixed league fantasy impact, even with elevated playing time. Um Another injury, Angels closer Keenan Middleton, uh, who just returned from an elbow issue last week and had worked three scoreless appearances, felt renewed discomfort after an appearance Sunday afternoon against the Twins. 
and it was announced Monday that he has damage in his right ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow, a diagnosis that usually leads to Tommy John surgery. Um, we went through this Angels bullpen situation when Middleton landed on the DL for the first time at the beginning of May, uh, but obviously there's much more reason to make waiver wire ads on some of the Anaheim relievers because Middleton is now likely done for the year. Um, Jim Johnson, I think, would be my first pick. Um, he earned a save on May 10th, actually the day Middleton initially returned from the DL. Johnson has the most ninth inning experience of anyone in the Angels' bullpen, and I could see that mattering to manager Mike Sosha, though he's been really hard to read on closer usage in recent years, um, kind of since the end of the Houston Street era. Uh, Johnson has a 3.18 DRA, 20 strikeouts, and 20 two-plus innings this season. The best numbers of the group uh, belong to Jose Alvarez, but he's a left-hander with one career save. Maybe Sosha plays the matchup sometimes, and Alvarez gets some saves, but I don't think he's going to be like a designated ninth-inning guy. Justin Anderson earned a save on Monday against the Astros, but he's really not having the best May, and currently a 5.23 ERA and 1.55 whip in 10 total appearances this season. It does seem like Sosha trusts Anderson in high-leverage situations against good lineups. Uh, so maybe he is going to wind up being the guy. Uh, the Angels beat writers have, have talked about that being a possibility. Um, but uh, I, I still think Jim Johnson would be my pick. Cam Bedrosian, definitely an option too, but his velocity is down. He's not missing bats like he used to. Um, the injuries have kind of caught up to him. He's just, he's not like the closer of the future. He carried that label for a little bit as he was coming up with the angels. Blake Parker finished the 2017 season as the angels closer and has been better lately after a rough April. Um, God, there's, there are so many options here. Uh, it, it's, it's, I, I would, I think they're all like worth rostering until someone runs away with the job because this could be a rest of the season type type gig that just opened up. I'm going to put my money on Jim Johnson right now, which seems weird, but that's where my money is. I think you mentioned Blake Parker has been pitching better recently. Um, yeah. And the way he, he finished last season in the role, maybe they want to get him back into it eventually. That's sort of my gut feeling. Uh, but perhaps Jim Johnson is the bridge to getting Parker's job back. So I think short term, Jim Johnson's the play. Blake Parker is maybe later, you know, maybe a month from now could be the play. And Anderson is probably the long-term guy if I had to, you know, project it out. But um, that sounds, that sounds right to me actually. Um, but yeah, I speculate where you can basically stash whoever, yeah. because with Sosha, who knows? I mean, I think all those guys could maybe get opportunities and, you know, we'll see who runs away with it. But uh, yeah, definitely wide open. Um, the Mets finally placed, Ioannis Cespedes on the DL on Wednesday uh, has a right hip flexor strain. It was backdated to May 14th, but Cespedes has been dealing with this issue for far longer. Uh, the Mets previously announced it as a quad issue, but either way, it's just continued leg issues for Cespedes. And this has been going on for a couple of years now, and he just hasn't been able to shake it. And I think this has to be factored into what you can expect from him moving forward in his career, not so much in the numbers, but just his ability to play a full season or inability for that matter. Uh, Cespedes has eight homers and 28 RBIs over 37 games this season to go along with a 255, 316, 474 batting line. Uh, the strikeouts have been way up in general so far this year, but 
He's brought them down this month and actually swung the bat very well despite dealing with this uh, leg issue. So uh, the Mets obviously need him uh, with the way they've been playing recently, just really not scoring a lot outside of Tuesday night. But uh, there's no sense in in risking making things a lot worse and, and seeing a major lengthy absence like we saw last season. So Cespedes is shut down for the time being, probably for the best. Um, not a ton of fantasy fallout here, I think. Uh, we'll certainly see more of Brandon Nimmo, and he gets on base a lot. He went into Wednesday's action with a 436 on base percentage, uh, but there's just not a lot of counting upside here. He hasn't shown a lot of powers or even speed in the majors so far. Um, you know, Juan Lagares uh, had a good game on, on Tuesday night. Um, you know, he'll play against lefties. Um, so maybe in a daily format, you, you kind of mix and match those guys, but I think they're better left for NL only, maybe a really deep mixed league. But other than that, I don't think there's a lot of fantasy upside here. I saw Philip Evans, who they brought up, um, when they put Suspedis on the DL Wednesday morning, it was, was hitting the ball pretty well at Vegas. I know that's like a friendly hitting environment, but nine home runs, 849 OPS in 35 games. Um, ne- never really been like a, considered a, a huge prospect, and he probably won't get a ton of playing time. But like maybe he has some temporary value if if he does get into the lineup a bit. But. I think he's going to be more of a utility guy. Uh, so yep. I don't think the playing time will be there uh, for him. But no doubt he's he's earned this opportunity. And the and the Mets they don't really have a lot of upper upper organizational outfield depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just has me wondering when we'll see the inevitable promotion of team Tim Tebow. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make a prediction here. Tim Tebow will play for the Mets this year and it will be in September. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I guess, I guess he's hit the ball well over the last two weeks. Surprising, surprisingly well. And you know, we all mocked when he signed with the Mets and deservingly so, but I mean, he's worked hard. I mean, yeah. he's, oh, he's revamped totally, his swing. Yeah. Um, you know, I totally give him credit, man. I I don't want to sound like I'm not rooting for him. It just it seems just like a just a media crap storm. Um, yeah, and it was like marketing. You people know, care about Tim Tebow as a baseball player. The Mets wanted to sell Tim Tebow T-shirts, and they wanted okay. to they wanted people to come to their minor league affiliate games. I mean, that was the big part of it. Uh, but to his credit, I mean, he's hitting the ball pretty well considering that he hadn't really played baseball in such a long time. So that's enough Tim Tebow talk, but I'm just saying he's going to play for the Mets. Just it's inevitable. So we'll see when it happens. Um, I dropped Adam Eaton in a couple of redraft leagues when it was announced last week that he would need surgery on the left ankle injury that has kind of festered since he first went on the DL on April 10th. Uh, But I did pick him back up in a league where I had an open DL spot because he told reporters Tuesday that, He's planning to return to the Nationals' active roster in six weeks. This ankle issue actually dates back to that play last April where Eaton stepped awkwardly on the first base bag and tore the ACL and meniscus in his left knee. Other parts of his left leg were affected, obviously, and he expressed relief to reporters on Tuesday that he finally got an answer about that lingering discomfort in in his ankle and that he feels way better since undergoing the arthroscopic surgery i thought it was going to be more of a a big deal and that he would he would be out for like at least two months possibly even the rest of the season but 
sounds like he's already feeling pretty good, has moved from a hard cast to a soft cast, and could start working out within a couple of weeks. Um, we've seen the fantasy potential with Eaton at the top of the Nationals lineup. Has a 308 uh, batting average and 908 OPS. Four home runs, three stolen bases, 34 runs scored in 31 games with Washington over the last two seasons. If he's going to have a healthy second half, he's somebody capable of playing a big role on on league-winning fantasy teams, I would think, with the runs and, and the production you get from the batting average and you know some homers, some steals. Yeah, not a bad idea uh, to stash if you have the roster space. Zach Britton's another guy who makes sense as a as sort of a long-term stash. He could start a minor league rehab assignment, uh, I think, later this month. And he could mm-hmm. be back by early to mid-June. So if he needs some saves, Britain's out there in about half of Yahoo leagues right now. So um, I mentioned Adrian Beltre earlier. Uh, another player back on the disabled list, Rocky second baseman DJ LeMayhew. Uh, he, he returned from a hamstring injury, uh, or his return from a hamstring injury, rather, uh, only lasted a few days because he suffered a left uh, thumb sprain during an at-bat on Sunday. It's sort of up in the air as of this recording. Uh, LeMahieu was scheduled to see a hand specialist on Wednesday, but he's not able to grip a baseball or a bat right now, which is obviously a big problem. Uh, if LeMahieu needs surgery, he could be out of action for you know six to eight weeks. So we're talking about a long time here. The Rockies have called up Pat Vileka in the short term, but you'd have to think they'd go in a different direction if it turns out that LeMahieu's out for a while. Uh, the big name to watch probably is Ryan McMahon. Uh, didn't get much of a chance with the Rockies when he made the opening day roster. And he actually got off to a slow start after being sent down to AAA. But he's hitting 333 over his last 10 games down there. Uh, hit two homers on Tuesday. He's played a lot of second base over the past couple of days, which is worth noting. So I think McMahon would get the call first. Uh, the Rockies could also consider calling up prospect Brendan Rodgers. He's made starts between second base, shortstop, and third base in double-A this year. Uh, Rodgers was ranked as the number two twenty number 22 prospect in the game by Baseball America coming into the year. Uh, he was selected number three overall back in 2015. Uh, Rodgers is batting 296 with seven homers and an 863 OPS over 35 games this season in double-A. I know there's some concerns about the approach, so you wonder how that'll translate to the major league level, but he's definitely an interesting name to to file in the back of your mind. Uh, still, I think McMahon's the logical candidate to stash here. Um, you know, if you're in a deeper mixed league, I think it could be worth stashing him and seeing how things play out. Um, we talked about the Angels' closer situation earlier. I'll, I'll hit on one more uh, interesting clo- uh, bullpen situation. Um, Braves closer Arotis Vizcaino blew his second save of the season on Tuesday night against the Cubs. And manager Brian Snitker said after the game, which was a 3-2 loss, that he might start using Dan Winkler along with A.J. Minter and Vizcaino to close games going forward. I think Vizcaino is still locked in pretty much as the primary saves guy. He's been pretty good this year, 2.75 ERA, 20 strikeouts and 19-plus innings. But Winkler's definitely worth adding um, in, in deeper mixed leagues, and Minter probably should have already be, been owned in most standard formats. Um, Winkler has missed a lot of time in recent seasons with arm issues, specifically the elbow, but he has a 0.98 ERA, 0.65 whip, and 27 to 5 strikeout to walk ratio in 18 and a third innings this season. 
Um, might see might see him vulture some saves here soon. Um, and if Vizcaino has another cap, couple bad outings, perhaps he could take over as the primary guy. Um, Minter has a 2.65 ERA, but he's issued a ton of walks and he's left-handed. So I think Winkler actually has the edge right now as far as a, a next-in-line for saves guy in the Braves' bullpen. Um, someone I just added in a 16-team league. I, I think you could add him in a 12-team league if you're really desperate to to get some saves and just you know hope things go wrong for Vizcaino. It seems like a quick hook on Vizcaino, but the Braves are really good. <laughs> They've surprised uh early this season so who knows he was supposed to be like a guy they're gonna flip for prospects you know right Um, and now they could be flipping prospects to maybe get some bullpen help if they if they hang in the race they definitely have the the prospect depth in the minors even after losing all those players um when they were penalized last uh winter um but they they have some guys they could trade if they need an upgrade during the season so uh i think braves are interesting team I wouldn't call it a, a hook on Vizcaino, though. I mean, I, th- I think he's still going to get most of the chances. I think Snicker just wanted to note that, like, hey, we're a good team, and I'm going to mix and match if I have to. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. we we liked AJ Minter uh, a lot coming into this year. I think we talked about him in our our closer podcast uh, coming into the spring, uh, and I still like him a lot for the long term. But uh, Minter has 12 walks in 17 innings this year. Uh, yeah. so, so I think it's easy to see why Winkler has, has played himself into this mix at the very least. And, and cool to see him overcome all these recent arm problems and injuries that he's had. So uh, finally, I thought we'd wrap things up here by talking about some big pitching performances over the past week. And, and there's been a few of them with guys who were widely available in mixed leagues. I have two to start with here. First one's Freddie Peralta with the Brewers, who delivered one of the better Major League debuts, uh, all things considered. Took a no-hitter into the sixth inning against the Rockies in Coors Field. Um, ended up striking out 13 batters over a five and two-thirds scoreless innings. 19 swinging strikes in his 98 pitches, and he threw his fastball about 90% of the time, uh, which was really interesting. He mixed in eight curveballs and one changeup, according to Brooks Baseball. That's that's a really interesting breakdown, man. Um, and we're not talking about blow-away velocity here. He wasn't high 90s or anything like that. He was in the low to mid-90s range, basically. And it was sneaky and effective on those hitters because of the nature of, of his delivery, which makes the ball tough to pick up. So he has that deception. He has good movement on the fastball. And... Through that lens, it's easy to understand why Peralta had so many strikeouts in the minors. He averaged 10.6 K per nine in the minor leagues. Um, but this didn't result in much love on prospect lists. You didn't find him as a top 10 prospect for the Brewers even. Um, and I, I think that's probably because of the skepticism of the long-term viability of the deception and the arsenal. Um, he's also had some issues with his control at times. Um, Peralta has been picked up in 21% of Yahoo leagues, which I think sounds about right. Um, I'd like to see him do this multiple times before really buying in. And I think a lot of fantasy owners probably feel the same way, but Peralta might be the kind of guy who enjoys some initial success the first time around the league before hitters catch up to him. So this could actually be the time to give him a shot, I think, um, so, so yeah, I think, and he'll have a rotation spot, at least in the short term, as long as he continues to produce. So uh, he's an interesting guy to, to, to pick up right now. Yeah, the, the Brewers don't have a ton of 
good frontline type number one, number two starters, but they do have a lot of starters like Chase Anderson's due back Monday had food poisoning. Um, Zach Davies is starting to progress from his shoulder injury. Jimmy Nelson, Jimmy Nelson is expected yeah. sometime in June. So my worry would be that if, if Peralta's bad control does, you know, come out in his next few outings, he, he does lose that rotation spot. Yeah. Um, I, I could see him, you know, being like an Amir Garrett type where he flashes um, for a couple of starts and then struggles and then, you know, they change his role or send him back down. Right. I wouldn't drop anyone important for him. That's yeah. the number one thing. A guy who has a secure rotation spot, I, I wouldn't drop him. So um, the other one and, and one I'm more excited about, actually, Andrew Heaney, uh, who was flat out awesome against the Astros on Monday night. Eight innings of one run ball, gave up four hits in one walk, uh, tied his career high with 10 strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes and 100 pitches, most of them with the curveball. Uh, and I really love his curveball. That curveball has been uh, a good pitch for him for, for a while. And this is someone who's, you know, I feel like we've been talking about him for, for years now. Um, yeah. But this start with Heaney is actually uh, one start after he allowed two runs over six innings in Coors Field. He actually has a 1.80 and 26 to 6 strikeout to walk ratio in 25 innings over his last four starts. The thing with Heaney is he's, he just hasn't pitched a whole lot. Um, as I said, we all know the prospect pedigree, but he's made just 37 appearances in the majors, 35 starts, um, dating back to 2014, 12 starts since the start of 2016, Tommy John surgery toward the end of that year, had some setbacks last year, actually began this year on the DL with elbow inflammation. Um, there's also the matter of the six rotate, six man rotation with the angels. So, um, I think there's reason for skepticism about what he can provide in mixed leagues moving forward, but perhaps the, the six-man rotation will help him stay on the field, um, help him stay fresh. Um, and I've always believed in this stuff. So to me, Heaney is back on the radar in mixed leagues, um, and I'd take him over Peralta if given the choice. And by the way, Heaney is still available in about 70% of Yahoo leagues, so I think he's a, he's a pretty decent pickup. Um, Padres right-hander Jordan Lyles carried a perfect game into the eighth inning Tuesday against the Rockies, kind of out of nowhere. Um, it was an afternoon game, so Twitter was first stunned that there was baseball going on because there usually aren't a ton of Tuesday afternoon games. And sure. then st- stunned that Jordan Lyles was throwing a perfect game. <laughs> um, a lot of one-out single to Trevor Story, walked the next batter, in the top of the eighth and then, and then got pulled, but finished with 10 strikeouts and just two base runners allowed over seven and a third scoreless innings. Lyles joined the Padres rotation earlier this month after putting together a decent April and long relief. And he's now looked pretty sharp in in two turns as a starter for the year has a 2.53 ERA 0.91 whip 32 to nine strikeouts walk ratio in 32 innings. Um, Lyles has never really been an effective major league pitcher, uh, whether in his early years with the Astros or, or then with the Rockies, but he was a top 100 prospect, uh, eight years ago when he was coming through the minors. I remember owning him in like multiple dynasty leagues and being really <laughs> excited when he came up. So yeah. <laughs> well, he, yeah. I mean, he's throwing his fastball harder than ever before here, here at age 27. He's only 27 years old. Yeah. Um, 94.4 miles an hour. His curveball also looked really good on Tuesday. 
um, really good out pitch that that I'm kind I'm kind of buying into. I'm not fully buying in yet uh, that Jordan Lyles is a good major league starter, but I think you could do worse right now in terms of guys who are you know 10% owned on the waiver wire. He's at nine percent right now. He was at four percent. Uh, when I filed my daily dose uh, for Wednesday, on uh, so that was late Tuesday night. Um, I, I, he kind of passes the eye test. Uh, next start is on the road against the Nationals, so that will be a challenge. But I could see him having some appeal as a fantasy streamer for his outings at Petco Park moving forward. I think the interesting thing to to watch with a lot of these guys who have the velocity spike from the bullpen and then move back into the rotation is can he maintain that velocity? If he can, he's instantly more interesting, but that's the big question, I think. And then Cardinals right-hander Alex Reyes was absolutely dominant in his latest rehab start with low A Peoria, faced 18 batters, struck out 12 of them, allowed just one hit over five scoreless innings, fastball touched 99 miles an hour, his curve looked MLB-ready, um, he's now thrown eight and a third scoreless innings with eight, 18 strikeouts over two minor league rehab starts. And I, I think it's safe to pencil him into the St. Louis rotation two weeks from now. He's officially to, eligible to come off the 60-day disabled list on May 28th. Owned right now in 41% of Yahoo League. So people have been stashing him or, or just got on board and stashed him. Uh, but worth checking in your league in, in case he's still available. I think... In adjoining story to, to Reyes's impending arrival is that Carlos Martinez still hasn't resumed throwing since going on the disabled list last Thursday with a right lat strain. There was talk that Martinez might only miss one start, but we both agreed last week that that sounded incredibly optimistic. Yeah, considering lat strains, you know, can sometimes sideline pitchers for months. Uh, he's due to get a follow-up MRI. I think it was supposed to happen sometime Thursday back in St. Louis uh, to see if there's been any improvement. So we'll have to wait on that. Uh, but there is going to be a spot um, open in the Cardinals rotation when Reyes is ready, whether it's Martinez's or Adam Wainwright's. Um, Jack Flaherty took Wainwright's place on Tuesday and worked five and two-thirds innings of one-run ball against the Twins. Now has a 2.87 ERA, 14 strikeouts, and 15 innings this season at the major league level ridiculous numbers in the minors um he should finally be up for good uh, with Wainwright with Wainwright again having elbow issues and just basically looking done at age 36 so Flaherty's owned in most Yahoo leagues but um worth checking on to see if he's available too because I, I think he's going to be up for the rest of the season yeah I think the most upside of the guys we've mentioned here Reyes and Flaherty I'd put Heaney third in that mix yeah. um not sure about the other two as far as mixed league value. Um, But there's some exciting uh, pitcher options on the waiver wire. So definitely get after it if you can. Um, Anything else from you this week? That's all I got. All right. Uh, Before we go, just a reminder, subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, et cetera. If you don't mind, please rate and review the show as well. We're trying to spread the word about this show. So, Definitely every little bit helps. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. And we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.